Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a subscriber for all sorts of exclusive Shade rewards. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy eclectic full-contact theater's throwing shade. Chicago, 1935. In a city rife with crime and corruption, a hero emerges. The Shade, who rushes in where fools fear to tread, with predictable results. Luckily for Chicago, there's the vamp. Female crime fighter replete with all the skill and talent the Shade lacks. Theodore Rockwell, go-get'em reporter for the Chicago Gazette Times Herald, is the Shade. Ably assisted by his partner, Wednesday Morning, aka The Vamp. Can the Shade save Chicago from crime? Can The Vamp save the Shade from himself? Can one man's uncanny ability to wear dark clothing protect an entire city from the darkness that lurks in the hearts, minds, and unlit rooms of men? Find out in this week's episode, the season two premiere, Pulling the Apron Strings. And not only did we get a new intro for our second season, but we would also like to welcome a brand spanking new sponsor. In order to avoid the revolving door of sponsors from last season, we here at Throwing Shade have jumped headfirst into some deep irony and would like to welcome the fine people at Spinrite Revolving Doors. Spinrite, we run rings around the competition. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since we made it to a second season! You like us! You really like us! Previously on Throwing Shade... Attention! Attention! If I could please have your attention. He seems highly agitated. Whatever it is must be important. Every paper is here, and at least half the police force. I only see Police Chief Cannoli. I meant by volume. Mm. Gentlemen of the press. Am I invisible? Maybe they can't see past the typewriter. Look, wallets! I do love when crooks carry identification. Good. That way the authorities will know who they're looking up. All right, you two, wake up. Rise and shine. Time to face the music. Um, shade? Time to pay the piper. Shade? Time to shave shade? the- Shade! What? We need to untie them. Now! What's your password? Sword the fish. Nope. What's your password? It's a sword fish. It ain't sword fish. Why do you mean it ain't a sword fish? It's always a sword fish. They changed it on account of everybody knowing it. Hey there, sweetheart. You look lonely. Want a Lindy? What is Lindy? 23 Skidoo. You're a peach and funny, too. Where you from? Canada? I'm Russian. Well, slow down and stay a while. Everybody knows who the Shade is. Are you daft? The entire Chicago underworld knows the Shade is really Theodore Rockwell. 
Oh, was the vamp here? I believe she was. Really? Shame I didn't get to thank her. Don't worry. I'll thank her the next time I see her. Please do. Thank you. What are you- It's okay. Your secret is safe with me. And now, on to our story. Act 1, Scene 1. Unbalanced Books. Someone besides the government crashes a bank. It had been a quiet few months since the last adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, and a fine spring morning was dawning over Chicago. It's 65 degrees and sunny! How lovely! Which soon turned into a fine winter afternoon. Snow. Really? Which had soured the moods of everyone in the city especially those citizens stuck in line at the local branch of the Wells Fargo Bank. Jumping Jehoshaphat, I've been standing in this line forever. It takes so long because they lost everybody's money. So now they gotta do a shell game every time they get a customer. Can't trust banks no further than you can throw them. So what are you doing here? Sounds like you should be hiding your money in a mattress. That was my thought as well. Only one problem? What's that? I can't afford a mattress. Natch. Next customer. Why do they only have one teller? Apparently they don't have enough staff. What? Half the country's unemployed. Go to any breadline. I bet you can't swing a cat without hitting a banker. Why would you be swinging a cat? Ever own a cat? Touche. Next customer. Please. Welcome to Wells Fargo. How may I help you? It's about time. I don't know why you don't have more tellers on duty. It's the unemployment, sir. We tried going to a breadline to recruit, but we left our cat at home. Everybody's a comedian. Look, I'd like to... I'm sorry, sir. What? I said I'd like to... What is that? There seems to be a man playing an accordion. That's an accordion? Hey, Mac, keep it down, will ya? I just want to make a withdrawal. What a coincidence. That's what I'm here for as well. Tell him, sweetie. Alright, nobody move. Get your hands in the air, no funny business. Larry and I are robbing this bank. And if you would be so kind as to fill these bags... With the money, then we'll just nip off on our way and nobody will have to get hurt. You have to be kidding me. Of all the banks in this city, I have to be in the one that's getting robbed by a musician and a little old lady? I'm not old. I'm experienced. And as cute as a bug's ear, Esther. Gee, thanks, sugar. You two are a couple? You're old enough to be as... You do remember I'm the one holding the shotgun, right? And as I always say, you're only as old as who you feel. Hey! What happened? She just goosed me. Now, young feller, you're gonna fill up our bags, aren't you? Do I have a choice? Nope. But that doesn't mean you have to be an old sourpuss about it. Larry... Some music to rob banks by. In the one, in the two. Larry started playing something vaguely resembling Lady of Spain on something vaguely resembling an accordion. 
while the teller filled the couple's bags with the bank's money. He sure takes his sweet time, doesn't he? Don't worry, Buttercup. I can segue right into tumbling tumbleweeds. For the love of all that's decent, pick up the pace. The teller finally finished filling the bags. Thank you for choosing Wells Fargo. At which point, Larry stopped playing. Yay! And the dastardly duo made their exit. We'll be taking our leave of you now, but please, when you talk of this, let people know that you were robbed by... The Squeezebox Bandits! I'm hip to that crazy beat. Act 1, Scene 2. Information movies don't broadcast. Theo gets trivial. Later that morning, at the offices of the Chicago Gazette Times Herald, Editor-in-Chief Clarence Clemens was making an inquiry. Who named these two jamokes the Squeezebox Bandits? It wasn't us, Chief. I think they picked the name themselves. Can they do that? I mean, isn't it gauche to give yourself a nickname? Isn't that our purview as the press? Criminals are not known for their sense of propriety, Theo. Mm. And I see that thesaurus I got you is really paying off. I thought you sounded different. It's been quite an eye-opener. I can't recommend it highly enough. That Rojet guy can really write. Who? Rojet, the guy who writes the thesaurus. He was doing so well. And morning. You look different. Uh, what is it? New hairdo? No, Mr. Clemens, it's... Wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me. I I'll get it. My wife is always telling me I'm not observant about this stuff, but I'll get it. Uh, new dress. On my salary? No, it's... I got it. You lost weight. Mr. Clemens, you don't mention a woman's weight. See, this is exactly why I stay unobservant. There ain't no winning. What's changed is that I have a new typewriter. Theo gave it to me. I gave that to you for Christmas. What took you so long? The bonding process between a woman and her typewriter cannot be rushed. You know... There are some days I'm proud to have such a crack team working for me. Well, gee, thanks, Chief. That's really... But this isn't one of those days. These squeezebox bandits just hit their third bank in as many weeks, but we don't have any more information than any other paper. Well, it's hard to get info on them, Chief. They're on a spree. They're like Dillinger. They're like Bonnie and Clyde. They're... Larry and Esther. What? Reports from the last heist said they kept calling each other Larry and Esther. Which you'd know if you were doing your job instead of bonding with typewriters and reading dinosaur books. Uh, thesaurus isn't... I want you to dig up something about these two and write me a front-page story by tomorrow. Since Bonnie and Clyde are taking a long nap under the sod, the public needs someone else to inspire them. Should we really be looking to bank robbers for inspiration? It's a depression morning. We take inspiration where we find it. Now get out there and get me a story! I don't understand anything. There's lots of crowds around here. Where's the cat? You don't suppose that Larry the bank robber is... Way ahead of you, Wednesday. Larry is obviously none other than Hollywood actor Lawrence Gray, co-star of such hits as The Floradora Girl and Man of the World. After a long string of movies reaching back into the early 20s, Gray hasn't made a picture in four years. So obviously, he's turned to crime to make ends meet. 
What a dark end to an otherwise middling career. What are you typing? I had no idea you were such a font of knowledge about actors. Acting is a noble profession, Wednesday. I'm especially impressed with those who perform on the radio. Such talent to create a whole world with nothing but the power of your voice. That and excellent Foley artists. <laughs> While I agree that actors are a rare and wonderful breed, I doubt Lawrence Gray is our man. The Larry Wood looking for plays the accordion. Does that ring any bells? No. I mean, I guess you could use an accordion to ring a bell, but it seems like an unnecessary complication. <laughs> I mean, Lawrence Welp, that guy from accounting who plays the accordion, who's been down in the dumps ever since his wife walked out on him for being too boring? That's right. And then she took up with that clarinet-playing insurance adjuster. And he quit his job here three weeks ago. Just about the time those bank robberies started. Good work, Wednesday. But if Lawrence Welp is Larry, who's Esther? I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. So you're giving me one guess, then. Why not just say you're giving me one guess instead of filling me with false hope that I get two extra guesses? There are days, Rockwell, when I really enjoy being your partner. Gee, thanks, Wednesday. I can tell you the feeling is completely... And then there's today. Come on, we're off to the library. I do love the library, but why? To see Esther. But the only Esther at the library is... <gasps> oh, no. You can't think that that little old lady, Esther Prim, is a bank robber, can you? I can, and we need to check it out. But... Quit being such a baby. There's nothing to be worried about. Easy for you to say. I wasn't able to sit down for a week. Act 1, Scene 3. Save me from daylight. Theo gets into telephonic trouble. On the way to the main branch of the Chicago Public Library, Theo checked his watch and made a terrifying discovery. Wednesday, what time do you have? It's noon. What? But my watch says 11. It's daylight saving time, Theo. We spring forward, remember? Oh, no. This is terrible. Quick, find a payphone and pull over. <coughs> operator! Operator! This is the operator. How may I direct your call? Operator, I need to make a person-to-person -person call to a Miss Golda Rockwell in Weehawken, New Jersey. It's a matter of life and death. Yes, sir. That'll be a dollar and twenty-five cents. What? I don't want to go to New Jersey. Who would? Nevertheless, I'm sorry to say, it's still one dollar and twenty-five cents. Wednesday! The charge will be the same then, sir. So you might as well just call New Jersey now and get it over with. N no, I was just asking for money. Times are hard for everyone, sir. No shame in panhandling. I wasn't... What do you need? Do you have any quarters? I have several, but I don't see how they can help you. Not you! How many? One dollar and twenty-five cents worth. I don't know why you never carry money with you. You're the one with pockets! Amen, sister. Stop that! Stop? Do you want the money or not? N not you! I was talking to the operator. She was jumping aboard your Pockets for Women battleship. It makes no sense for us not to have them. Your operator is a wise woman. Power to the pocket! All right! 
Can the two of you mount a revolution some other time? This is an extremely urgent phone call. Here you go. Here you go, operator. Golda Rockwell, Weehawken 51302. Hold, please. What's going on? You know how I call my mother every day at 11 o'clock sharp? Yes, I've often thought how nice it is that you're so devoted. Well, that's one word for it. Sir, your party doesn't answer. Please try again, operator. She's old, and it takes her a while to get to the phone. Oh, please let it be that she's old, and it takes her a while to get to the phone. Sir, I would suggest not saying that out loud. Oh, I am so sorry. I... No need to apologize. Operators are very discreet and would never pass along anything we hear on the phone. In fact, Hollywood actor Lawrence Gray was saying to his agent just the other day... Uh, Please, operator, just try the number again. Of course, sir. Hold the line. Theo, it can't be that big a deal to be an hour late in calling your mother. You have no idea. Sir, your party still doesn't answer. Thank you, operator. I know you did your best, and whatever happens... Know that I don't hold you responsible. You are not to blame. Uh, thank you? Have a nice day. Fat chance. Theo, I'm sure you can call her later. No, Wednesday, I can't. You see, I don't call my mother every day at 11 o'clock sharp because I miss her. I call her every day at 11 o'clock sharp to make sure she stays in New Jersey. Otherwise, she worries. And when she worries, she visits. It was only an hour, Theo. You're overreacting. I'm sure you're right. Well, come on. Let's check out the library while I'm still free to move around. Don't worry, Theo. I'm sure everything will be just fine. Act 1, Scene 4. She Ain't Ma Bell. A big wind blows into Chicago. As Theo and Wednesday resume their trip to the library, across town at police headquarters, Police Chief Cannoli received a high-level visitor, Mayor Crane, who was there to discuss a matter of the utmost import. Chief, I'm here to discuss a matter of the utmost import. Mayor Crane, so nice to see you. And may I say again how sorry I am about that whole arresting you for corruption a few months ago. I hope we can put this behind us like a water through a goose. Off a duck's back. Eh? It's off a duck's back. That don't make no sense. What's a goose doing on a duck's back? Uh, No, that's... You know, he's got a point. He does. I do? I mean, I do! May I introduce my new secretary, Miss Rosa Honeysuckle? Yes, sir, you may. This is my new secretary, Miss Rosa Honeysuckle. Rosa, Police Chief Cannoli. Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. I gotta say, this whole working for the mayor thing is all right. Just to be, the only time I'd see the chief of police was during a raid. And now, Rosa. What? I ain't ashamed. I had a perfectly respectable job selling gum and cigarettes and sundries at a club, but didn't take prohibition all that seriously. I never did nothing wrong, but still, when the mayor saw me and offered me a job after the show one night, I knew it was a sign. And trust me, if you don't follow the signs, you get lost. That's very true, I think. 
I have to say, Mr. Mayor, she's a very a different from your last secretary. I know. Completely hopeless at filing, typing, or dictation. But she has outstanding people skills. Yes, those are obvious. So, while very little actually gets done... Hey, City Hall, I didn't want to break the streak. It does mean that there's no chance that my secretary will once again try to usurp my authority. I love that, especially on hotcakes. What? Usurp, obviously. Maple usurp. Dear heaven, there are two of them. Now, what do you want to talk to me about? Yes, quite. (laughs) What are you doing about these squeeze box bandits? Well, mostly I'm trying to catch them. We'd appreciate it if you did it a bit faster. These constant robberies are bad for the city's business. They're bad for the city's image. They're... They ain't so good for the city's people, neither. Uh, Yes, of course. They are my main concern. So whatever you need to do to catch them, you do it. Overtime, whatever, don't worry about the cost. City Hall will take care of it. Uh, Rosa, (laughs) the budget, (laughs) the city's finances. The city won't have any finances if those two ain't caught. As my papa always used to say, do you want to pay the doctor now or the undertaker later? She's got you there. Ma'am, you can't go in there. You have to wait. Wait? Wait? You tell a mother to wait when a precious son is missing? Probably dead in a ditch somewhere. Sergeant, I refuse to speak to anyone below the rank of Colonel. Uh, Ma'am. Now, out of my way. uh, Ma'am, the police don't have Colonel. Just calm down. Calm down. Calm down, he says. How can I be calm? This is not a calm situation. Out of my way, I demand to speak with the general. We don't have a general. Let her go, Ponch. I think she's got rocks in that purse. Good point, John. Uh, right through there, ma'am. Incoming! General, I have an emergency. Call out the troops, scramble the Air Force, release the hounds! I'm a police chief cannoli. What seems to be the matter, Miss... Uh... Mrs. Rockwell. Golda Rockwell, from Weehawken, New Jersey. You have to help me. It's my son, my dear, sweet, helpless son. I'm Mayor Crane, Mrs. Rockwell. May I ask, your son wouldn't happen to be Theodore Rockwell, would he? Something happened to Mr. Theodore Rockwell? That's a bad news. The mayor and the chief of police? Such wonderful friends my son Theo has. I always knew he'd make it big someday. Such important people he knows. It's just been so hard since his father passed. Tell me, is there a Mrs. Mayor? Um, yes? Such a shame. Oh, well, I have time. And is this your daughter? Uh, This is... No, it couldn't be. She's too... Too what? Exotic to be your child. This is my secretary, Miss Rosa Honeysuckle. Secretary? Hmm, I've never heard her called that before. Uh, Mrs. Rockwell, what happened to you, son? You have to help. Poor Theodore has been (gasps) kidnapped. (laughs) 
What was that? Eh, you get used to it. We'll return to throwing shade, pulling the apron strings in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, are you a busy person with no time to waste in this hustle-bustle world? Do you find yourself inwardly seething at the wasted time you spend opening and closing doors the old-fashioned way? Do you wish there was a way to enter and exit your home that is easy, breezy, and labor-free? Then look no further than Spinrite Revolving Doors. That's right. Now you can have the same sort of sophisticated, time-saving entryway usually reserved for the finest private clubs, hotels, and department stores. Never struggle with unlocking the door with your hands full of bags ever again. Never be embarrassed by an unexpectedly heavy door ever again. And never suffer the humiliation of pushing open your pool door. That's right. With a Spinrite revolving door, your home's entryway can be sleek, chic, inviting, and most importantly, fast. Now you can get the kids off to school and out of your hair even faster. And be able to allow your husband to rush back into the house because he forgot his car keys and you're the only one who can remember where he put them. All without a traffic jam at the front door. You owe it to the happiness of your family to get a Spinrite revolving door. Enhance your home with a Spinrite revolving door for only a small multiplier of the cost of a regular door. Spinrite. Doors so good, they'll make your head spin. And now, a few words from other important personages. Vamp, come quick. What is it, Shane? Is someone in danger? There sure is, Vamp. Businesses and theater companies across the country are falling victim to sagging sales and empty seats. We're facing an economic catastrophe worse than the last economic catastrophe. Oh no! We have to do something! We should take to the streets, find clues, interrogate suspects. Sell advertising. Right, sell. Businesses and theater companies can buy ad space with us, Vamp, on Throwing Shade. They'll reach thousands of discerning, law-and-order-loving... Comedy-starved. Comedy-starved listeners from coast to coast. I understand they can listen to us on something called a podcast. Yes, that's true. You can hear us wherever these podcasts are broadcast. What does podcast mean, Shade? I haven't the faintest idea. Maybe Throwing Peas? Ooh. Maybe that's the world peas I keep hearing everyone striving for. I'm ignoring that. Mm-hmm. It sounds like advertising with us could rescue these businesses and theater companies. And save their bottom line. The rates are incredibly affordable. Well, there is a depression. Really? I'm quite happy. Get in touch with Eclectic Full Contact Theater at info at eclectic-theater.com. Say goodnight, Shade. Goodnight, Shade. And now. Back to throwing shade, pulling the apron strings. Act 2, Scene 1. What a long guilt trip it's been. Theo's mom catches up with him. While Golda Rockwell was bemoaning her son's fate, Theo and Wednesday were coming up empty at the public library. Esther Prim is nowhere to be found. You say that like it's a bad thing. 
what you're so worried about. She was sweet on the shade, not you. The shade's animal magnetism lurks just under the surface, Wednesday. I'm not taking any chances. What was that? Armored Long Johns. Where did you even get... You know what? I don't want to know. Considering the fact she was living in the library the last time we saw her, the fact she's not here does lend credence to the theory she's one half of the Squeezebox bandits. Such a shame that she turned to a life of crime. These are desperate times, Theo, and I'm not convinced she's completely abandoned her beloved library. The other librarians seem awfully cagey when we asked about her. It's true. For people who are supposed to supply information, they were surprisingly tight-lipped. And that's a rather large padlock on the door to the staff room. Well spotted, Wednesday. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? That she may be using it as an after-hours hideout, and the other staff are turning a blind eye? Well, actually, I was thinking as we came in through the front door that the revolving door they have here truly is a marvel of technology. Unbroken streams of people going in and out of the same door at the same time. Whatever will they think of next? Revolving doors are a handy time-saver, it's true. And they lend such an air of sophistication to a building. It makes me wish I could have one at my own place. But alas, that would be impossible, wouldn't it? Well, if you're serious about it, you could always talk to the fine people at Spinrite Revolving Doors. Spinrite Revolving Doors? Tell me more! Their skilled craftsmen will fit your domicile with its very own revolving door. Seriously? That's amazing! What an incredible time-saving improvement! Do they have many styles to choose from? They have as many styles to choose from as the Model T has colors. Wow! Are they affordable? Are they? Each Spinrite revolving door only costs slightly more than a regular door. Well, who can put a price on efficiency and sophistication? Spinrite revolving doors, that's who. I can't wait to get the fine folks at Spinrite to replace my apartment's humdrum front door with one of their high-class revolving doors. Remember their motto, Spinrite will take you for a ride. Now that you mention it, though, the whole... Esther is still using the library as a hideout and her colleagues are turning a blind eye to it, theory. Makes more sense in this situation. We should come back tonight, see if she shows up. Good idea, Wednesday. It's been far too long since the Shade and the Vamp have had a serious case to look into. What's that? It looks like about six police cars out front. Do you think they figured out Esther was one of the bandits? Based on our experiences with Chief Cannoli, I'm guessing it's something else. Like late fees. Okay, we got you surrounded. We don't want nobody getting hurt. So you just let Mr. Rockwell go, and we'll forget that this whole thing ever happened. As soon as they let Mr. Rockwell go, you storm the place and bring them in. Ah, Chief, you're still talking through that there a megaphone. Yeah, you gotta take it away from your mouth, otherwise everyone can hear you. Pasta fagioli. That was just a little a joke. <laughs> just a letter him go. What is he talking about? I have no idea. He's making less sense than usual. Listen, you hussy. You let my poor Theo go. You're breaking a mother's heart here. Is that what you want? I swear, if anything happens to him, I'll die. Do you hear me? Die. Do you want that on your conscience? Fine. On your head be it. Oh, no. 
It's my mother! Your mother came all the way to Chicago because you missed a phone call? I told you! Quick, we better get down there before... Don't move! Get your hands up! Don't move! Get your hands up! Chief, we just said that. I know, but I don't like being left out. Where is he? Where is my poor Theo? Ma, I'm fine. What are you doing? There she is! That's the one! She kidnapped him! Arrest her! I did what now? And she starved him! Look at him! He's skin and bones! How could you? He's a growing boy! Ma, nobody kidnapped me! That's Wednesday morning! You see? He's so weak from hunger, he doesn't even know what day it is. Uh, Mrs. Rockwell, that's Theo's assistant, a Wednesday morning. She works with me at the paper, remember? I told you about her. Oh, the shiksa with the typewriter. So nice to meet you. Uh, what a lovely young woman, Theo. Such neck muscles she has. Theo, what are you doing at the library with your secretary? You're not socializing with the help, are you? I beg your pardon. Ma, we're working on a story. I see. So now you're such a big shot reporter, you can't call your own mother? You leave me to sit there alone in that house with no one to talk to? You play bridge every day with Aunt Sadie and the girls from the temple. Sitting in the dark, going blind. You have 20-20 vision. With nothing to sustain me but the promise of hearing my only child's voice. I have three brothers. Ah, uh, sorry to interrupt, but uh, just to be clear, nobody's been kidnapped, right? Because we just got word that the World's Fair Donut Machine is about to start up another batch and... Uh... Uh, actually, I'm not a big fan of donuts, but I like rice. Fries? No fries, or chips. Chips? Chips sounds good. As you can see, I'm not kidnapped at all. My mother just overreacted. How is a mother supposed to react when her only son... Again, three brothers, all older. Moves 800 miles away and never calls. I call every day. I know how you feel. I gotta call my mother every day too, or she goes crazy. Doesn't your mother live with you? It's better to be out of arms or reach when we talk. Mrs. Rockwell. Please, Tuesday. Call me Golda. It's Wednesday. I'm a pretty sure it's a Monday. Don't help. Golda, my name is Wednesday morning. Of course it is, dear. Theo, why did her parents do that to her? Didn't they love her? Ma, remember how we talked about things you say out loud? Voices, things you just say in your head? What, now I can't have an opinion? She's not offended. Are you offended? I... See, she's not offended. I just wish you could settle down and find a nice girl. All this gallivanting around the city is dangerous. We're gonna go now, if that's okay. I'm starting to have a flashbacks. Of course, and thank you all for your help and understanding. And I don't care what anybody says, Chief. You don't smell anything like garlic. Thank you? Okay, men. Toddy Donuts! Golda, how did you get to Chicago so fast? I hopped on the first plane here. Luckily, it was a direct flight. Ma, there aren't any direct flights from New Jersey to Chicago. I simply explained to the nice pilot what was going on and that I needed to get to Chicago immediately. 
After a while, he agreed to fly me straight to wherever I needed to go. He's single, by the way, Thursday. Very handsome. You're single, right? I... What am I saying? Of course you're single. Why else would you be running around lugging that typewriter as Theo's secretary? I am not. She's not exactly. Except that you don't have a man to take care of you. Golda, I do not need a man to take care of me. I am perfectly capable of taking care of myself. Of course you are, dear. Theo, you never told me your secretary was a communist. Wednesday's not a communist, Ma. She's just a modern girl. Oi, that's even worse. No offense, Sleepy Ear. Okay, that one wasn't even close. Look, Ma, we're working on a story. You can see I'm fine, so why don't you just head back home and I promise I'll call you tomorrow at the right time. I see. You're too busy to take time out for your poor mother who flew all the way here to this city that's filled with nothing but criminals. As opposed to New Jersey. Okay, Ma, look, why don't I take you to lunch, huh? We'll go somewhere nice, like... Uh... The Walnut Room at Marsha Fields? It's the one civilized place in this jungle of a city. Fine, Ma, the Walnut Room it is. I didn't need this week's pay anyway. <clears throat> Wednesday, you go back to the office and see what you can dig up about Larry and Esther. She should come with. I couldn't intrude. Tonight is the night I usually take piano lesson. I always wanted Theo to play the piano. One of the few respectable instruments. At least until jazz came along. Of course, Ma also wanted me to be in the marching band, so... If you truly loved me, you could have figured out a way to make that work. I didn't expect you to be musical, dearie. It helps with the typing. And my teacher's also helping me with my singing. I didn't know you sang. You know, Theo sings. He was in a choir at school. Yes, I know. I'd love to hear. Wednesday. I told you that subject wasn't over. <laughs> Maybe the two of you can sing a duet tonight at dinner. As long as it isn't anything risque. I know what you modern women listen to. Scandalous! Ma, Wednesday has plans! Nonsense! A mother should get to know her boy's girl. What? Well, Ma, no. Wednesday and I aren't... A mother knows. <laughs> now come along, and tonight I'll cook you a nice homemade meal, just like I did when you were a little boy chick. Oh, dear heaven. My mother is staying with me. It could be worse. How, Wednesday? How could it be worse? She could want to come with us tonight when we check out Esther's hideout. <gasps> Wednesday, my mother can never know I'm the shade. What? You don't want her bragging? My son is the best masked vigilante in Chicago. Oy, such a blessing. Putting aside the fact my mother can't keep a secret to save her life, she'd lose her mind because she'd think it was too dangerous. This is a woman who wouldn't let me play chess because she thought I would choke on the pieces. Well, a young child. I was 14. So that's why you never played sports. I wasn't allowed to watch sports. I wanted to watch my brothers play baseball, but once my mother learned about foul balls, I wasn't allowed within 10 yards of the field. In fairness, she also got it into her head that foul balls had something to do with cursing. Wait. Your brother's got to play sports. I'm the youngest, and Ma always wanted a daughter. What are we going to do? We can't let Larry and Esther get away. We have to distract her. <gasps> I know. She loves the movies. And there's that new Clark Gable film out now. I know. I've been wanting to see it. 
That's a great idea, Wednesday. While the Shade investigates the squeeze box bandits, you'll take my mother to the movies. I'll what? Wednesday, I could kiss you. But I won't because that'd give my mother all kinds of the wrong idea. Theo, you want I should stand out here all alone so I can get mugged? Is that what you want for your mother? Coming, Ma. Thanks again, partner. I hate daylight saving time. Seriously, nobody hears that? Ignore it, Ma. Will Theo be able to hide his secret from his mother? Will Wednesday enjoy the movie? Will daylight saving time ever not cause problems? Answers to questions which may or may not include these will be found next time on Throwing Shade. Here's a sneak listen to next week's episode. Oh no. This has been Throwing Shade, brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Sponsored by Spinrite Revolving Doors. Created by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Written by Andrew Pond. Directed by Catherine Siegel. Starring the voice talents of Daniel Hool, Noelle Kleiss, Stephen McClure, Kaylee Osterman, Andrew Pond, Rochelle Prue, and Monica Safflick. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is us. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same shade time, same shade station. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Pond. And I'm Sarah Siegel. You may remember us from such podcasts as the one you were just listening to. We'd like to thank you for joining us and hope you've enjoyed the adventures of Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning. And The Shade and the Vamp. If so, please head over to Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade Patreon page at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a patron. You can support Throwing Shade for as little as a dollar a month. That may be the literal definition of a pittance. Become a patron today and join such luminarious folks as Michael Canari and Mike Drugan. Uh, luminarious? What? It's a word. Anyway... Becoming a patron gets you access to behind-the-scenes videos, episode outtakes, merchandise, and much, much more, including the opportunity to ask us anything. I myself am an open book. More like a picture book. Be glad it's not a pop-up. So, head over to patreon.com EFCT to support Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade. And head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out what else Eclectic Full Contact Theater is up to. Say goodnight, Andrew. Goodnight, Andrew. Bye.